Hey, bumper away. Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour podcast, and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Listen up. Woo! That was awesome. Thank you. Cool, man. Cool, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Daniel Hayes. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer, and welcome to the show. Wow, thank you so much for having me. All right, so you are going to the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. Yes, sir. Getting gold is the plan. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what that's like. What's going on in your world? You told me that you got punched a little bit too hard in the nose, and, and you're kind of recovering from that? Yeah, no, yeah. that was just a little sparring <laughs> session today. Right, right. It, it comes with it, you know. Yeah, but part of the um, deal, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, right now. I'm dealing with a little bit of a labor issue. Right. So it's just really, I'm learning to fight with one hand. If that makes any sense. No, I get it. Okay. Yeah, it's been a learning curve, but you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> wow. So, so what's the what's the training schedule like? just to, oh. to get ready for summer. Is it getting crazy? Yeah. My biggest thing is I've learned the hard way is to save myself from myself, if that makes any sense. Mm. Just because um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so hyperactive and I'm so meticulous in my training and just pushing oh, myself right. to the brink that yeah. for the first time in dealing with this injury, you're forced to take a step back and really evaluate. So mm. for me, it's really been learning to taper up and taper down. Turn it because on, turn it you, off almost. Yeah, you could burn out so quickly. Yeah. Not only physically, anybody could burn out physically, but mentally, especially when you're going to the brink every single day. So for me, it's really just been learning my body, to be honest with you. And it's just been a whole process this past few months. talking to Daniel Hayes of daniel-hayes.com. Now back to the show. Mm. Okay, so that's what you got going on now, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go. But let's let's go back in time and, and talk about the Daniel Hayes origin story. <laughs> okay, cool. It, it sounds like a video game almost. No, it's like you're a superhero, right? Yeah, I like it. Wow. Because <laughs> you are kind of a superhero. Um, so, well, everybody's a superhero on my show, but you're, uh -huh. you're, you're an Olympian, so you get, you know, extra credit. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. So, so what were you like in high school? Were you a, oh a, a, a nerdy athletic geek? Um, actually... <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. No, my grades would not at all reflect nerd. Okay. Um, I made it on the honor roll one semester. Wow. And okay. that was only because I was taking phys ed and mm. the basketball coach 
was for two two of my classes, he was the teacher as well. Okay. So that you helped. can understand yeah, yeah, the that helped, right. up there, right? <laughs> but um, that was the only semester I made it on the honor roll. After that and before that, it was absolute nonsense. Oh. <laughs> um, as a teenager, oh my God. Okay, so in high school, I would say I was really sort of not a loner. I was super social, but I was always in the gym. I was always... Any, you, had to, you had to move to think. Yeah. And any that free kinesthetic time. kind of uh, thinker. Yeah. And um, any free time I had, I was always in the weight room. I would always be either on the basketball court, running, you name it. I was always really in the gym, in the facility, right? Right. Um, after school, I would have two to three different practices. So I didn't really have that much of a social life in, in high school. No, and I, yeah. I only realized I missed out on that until I got to college. And then when you're with your teammates and you guys are sharing stories from high school, I didn't have any cool stories to share about <laughs> house parties. You were too busy. Kids. Yeah. And I, I just really, um, I didn't really relish that moment as much as as a teenager. I was just so uh, so immersed in sports and athletics, right? Okay. But I think as a you know in junior high, oh my, I, I was a terror. Even as a teenager, I, I my mom needs some sort of award just for <laughs> right. being able to tolerate me because I, I don't know why as a teenager I had such a chip on my shoulder. I was edgy. I was angry all the time. I don't know what the heck my problem was. And uh, in junior high, I used to, you know, I was bullied and I was a bully as well. So I was on both ends of the spectrum. Gotcha. And um, yeah, it was, uh, man, I, jeez, my mom, I, I give her so, I, I still apologize to today, you yeah. know, for, for her tolerating me. Let me, let me ask you this. Were you, were you the, were you bullied first or were you a bully first? I would imagine you were bullied first. Yeah, yeah, I was, and then, and then and then you once you got big enough and slash strong enough, you got some payback. <laughs> some yeah, poor defenseless uh, kids. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. though, that was meant to be on the guy that bullied me, but I he am. had graduated. I know, I know. So but the same thing happened to me because my brother and I had that. He was three years older than me, uh, and we've gotten over this now. We've talked about it, right? And he was like. You know, if you want me to say sorry for all that bullshit from when we were kids, I was like, no, you know, we were kids, whatever. But in it, you know, I was being tortured. That's what, uh -oh. that's what my little, my little kid brain was thinking, you know? Yeah. So um, let me, so he was bullying me. Oh, uh, let me tell you, uh, my cousins, right? Yeah. So I had an older sister. She was super mature, bookworm, that sort of thing. She used to bully me, beat me up, whatever, but I was super small. But you want to talk about siblings sort of bullying. My cousins, there'd be like three, four, five, six, eight of them. I have a huge family. And they would – it was WWF at the time. I remember WWF, yeah. And they used to – because I was the smallest one. They used to practice. So let's say it was Razor Ramon at the time. Okay. They would practice all the wrestling moves that on they're you. on me, right? <laughs> and they would set it up where they would put the mattress and and they would take it off the bed and they would jump off the bed and they like emulate the whole thing. And I'm there just getting my ass kicked. You're getting right? pummeled. Yeah. And years later, I still hold that animosity. Like even when I see them, because I don't see them often, I'm just like, hey, hey, you know, um, I got a few bones to pick with you. That that's what I'm saying really? in my head. It's right? still like, there. 
Oh, 100%. Or, or just I want to get involved in some sort of competitive physical element where yeah. I, I kind of channel that aggression towards no, them. Yeah, yeah, We actually, I actually had a, a physical altercation with my brother. So, Ooh. yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't go that far. It was more like wrestling. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but then after that, for, you know, we were, we were both kind of like, this is silly. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy because usually kids, at least me or my surroundings as kids or teenagers, aren't that mature enough to think. No, no, no. This was when we were growing up. Oh, okay, okay. This was years later. You know. Okay, okay. We were. I was probably you know after thirty. You know. Okay, okay. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so. But we're nice. over it now. You know, I'm an old dude. So, you know. Well, that's good. That's good that you guys got through that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The one thing I found, I always found this amusing with kids is how, um, so with my sister or just even amongst cousins, whatever, they can beat the crap out of me. Like they could beat me to a pulp. But the second somebody else touches you and, or just lays a hand on you, it's like, no, 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 no. I could only beat him up like that. <laughs> Not you can. It was true. You know? That's true. My I brother was very protective of me. Oh, uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That was kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. He had the same rule. Only I can kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But I, I, I also I noticed later that. on that I, there was like, you know, at my say like after graduation and I was still relatively young in the Air Force, I yeah. found myself, you know, doing bully behavior myself. Really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not a lot, uh. but uh, you know enough to to feel it and go, you know, feel icky. <laughs> oh, wow. after yeah, yeah. Hey, so let me ask you: in the sure. in the military, is there yeah. hazing? Uh, I'm sure there is. Uh-huh. Um, you know, every service is different. Um, okay. So I was in the Air Force, and I was also in for uh, most of my career. I was in very nerdy. Uh, signals intelligence for world. Okay. So they were there. They were geeks inside mm. of a service full of geeks. Okay. And, um. Now, when I worked with aircraft maintenance types, okay. th- there was there, yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to call it hazing, but they had their sort of like rituals. Ah. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't. It they were they were a lot more fun than okay. You know the the negative kind of hazing that you hear about. I never yeah. saw. I sure. I'm sure it's there and it exists. I just never saw it. <clears throat> like the, okay. I, I'll give you a, an example of um, when I got to Tyndall Air Force Base. Uh, they had a like this like game, you know, ritual. Okay. Where they would throw the new guy into the into the water at the beach with all of his clothes on um, oh. when he first joined the office. Some sometime soon after. Right. Okay. And I kind of, I kind of had like a couple of months to prepare for this because I knew it was coming. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Right. So, okay. um, I saw one guy who was kind of an older dude. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, Air Force relative, older dude, older than me. Okay. Um, and he was just like, okay, you want to throw me in? Just let me take my glasses off. He calmly walked into the water, got wet and they calmly walked out and we all went boo. And it was really boring. Right. Yeah. But yeah. ritual over. I was yeah. like, 
oh, yeah, that was really dull. <laughs> oh, man. So I was, when I knew it was my week and my turn, my month, whatever, Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I had a, an extra can of Coke and I hung out next to a beam in the, in the pavilion on the beach. Okay. And, uh, and I grabbed on really tight and I just waited for it to come. And then it came and I, I cracked open the Coke after shaking it and I sprayed everybody with the Coke. <laughs> And I and I clung to life like a honey badger <laughs> to that beam, and it, and it took a great amount of effort and oh, lots of man. punching and, and fighting to get oh. me into the water. It was awesome. <laughs> that is funny, right? Oh, you want to make it fun? Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's so cool. You know, some of those stories are the best ones. You just wish you videotaped it because yeah. <laughs> I would pay to watch that. <laughs> It was a blast and oh. we were all laughing and it was, it was, it was awesome. And it took like really big dudes to get me into the water. Too. Nice. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. I put up a fight. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So let's move off of the, the, the little kid, Daniel. And so what were your college days like? Did you go to college? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to college and what's funny, my freshman year, speaking of hazing and all that. Right. Uh, that was really a self-discovery time for me where, like I was mentioning in high school and as a teenager, I was super edgy and serious, ultra competitive. And in college for me, that really, I'm sure with a lot of people, you know, it, it just changes your life, right? Where, And I, I'm a huge advocate of, of going away for school it, because yeah. I believe, and this is just my opinion, I'm sure parents wouldn't appreciate this. But, um, you know, that's really where you truly find yourself, right? And where you're, you're, you're drawn away from all your social norms at home or, yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes people are boxed in to like even an identity that they don't necessarily um, feel, feel. And so right. I think when you go to college, it's almost like a fresh start, right? For me, luckily, I had number one, I went there with two teammates. We were kind of like a package deal. Oh, okay. And, um, but we still went through that journey together. You know, you have your teammates. So for me, college, I in my freshman year, again, I had the same stupid tendencies as I did in high school where guys would be going out like after the season, you know, to the club on Friday or Saturday playing beer pong. And I'm in a sauna suit running a hill just, just because, <laughs> you know. And... Oh, right, 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 right. I really, like, don't get me wrong. I had the most fun my freshman year, mm. but I really, if I could go back, I, I really wish if I kind of seized and relished more in just those moments as opposed to training, 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 mm. right? Mm -hmm. At the same time, then as I look back at it, I know that that sculpted me and that also was a stepping stone for having the work ethic that I have now. I just wish it didn't come at a cost because really, you know, college, you only have four years. Right. So those four years, you got to pack in as much as you can, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really wish that I had so I seized that opportunity. Did you lighten up a little bit as you went forward? Oh my God. Yeah, I was okay. forced to. I remember, and, and that's the best thing about it. Like my freshman year, especially being on the team where you're constantly around your teammates. And at first, the first month of training camp, these guys were like, this guy's a dick. And um, <laughs> Like, he, sure. he's, he's so serious. He's yeah. cussing people out, this wow. and that. And 
it was, you know, they kind of wore on me, right? And, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're just so friendly and nice. And obviously, you know, you have your upperclassmen where they're going to put you in your place regardless, right? Right, right. Luckily, in that year, there were more freshmen than there were seniors, and the freshmen were bigger than the seniors. Wow! Right? So, okay. so there was kind of like this. You were kind of like weird ruling the roost too young. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, it was a different dynamic, but I totally found myself as far as you know, just being able to relax and laugh, have a good time, you know, enjoy the moment. I, that, for me, that's really what I learned in my freshman year. And I remember going back in the summertime, and people would see me and they would talk to me. They're like, "Wow, you're so different now!" Like, you I didn't know you up a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. I yeah. didn't know. Wow, I didn't know you laughed. It yeah, was yeah. Just, yeah, man. So they, kinda, they finally got you to go out and have a beer on occasion. Uh, you know what's funny? I can drink a bottle of tequila. Easy. Not easy, but I could get that done. Wow. I'll have two beers and I'm oh my gosh. I'm I'm a mess. It's the carbs, I, man. I, I don't know what it's it the is. Carbs. You know, some people uh have weird reactions to hops too. Yeah. And um so I remember when I've we heard that before though, that people can drink like forever hard liquor yeah. or whatever, and then okay. they have one or two beers and it just it maybe not makes them drunk, but makes them sick. Oh, yeah. What, what, what kind of reaction do you get? Home. Yeah. So I remember when we played beer pong, people hated playing on my team because I wouldn't play with beer. I'd be like, okay, you know what? Put some tequila or, or vodka, whatever it is, and then fill it up with water. Right. And, and the, So we're drinking hard liquor. for. Right. So it's like you a could shot. handle that. And yeah, oh. I'd be totally fine with that. If it was beer, oh my Forget gosh. It. The, so the what worst. was the, what was the feeling that you got from beer? Just drunk? I, passed out? Yeah, I, I'm a sloppy drunk. Too. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even funny. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, like, we're talking blackout type of. Yeah, you weren't. You weren't the 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 loud happy guy. Yeah, it was just weird. That that's okay. a weird drunk for me. Is, okay. is the um, and I, I'd feel my stomach. Uh, I just guess uh, I, it, my body doesn't break it down to affect yeah yeah that's what i was thinking that yeah so it is definitely a learning is doesn't like it yeah exactly interesting wow so okay so you finally chill out you enjoy college all right so let's talk a little bit about how you start in now you were an mma fighter are you still an mma fighter or have you retired from that oh okay yeah no i still uh definitely train in both right now i haven't focused right on your boxing thing yeah uh, so actually how that whole thing happened is when i finished college to to go back to the the daniel hayes story yes uh, the daniel hayes vroom vroom veer origin story yes yeah origin story (laughs) that's the key word the origin story right so um to go back to that, yeah, when I finished college, I was I had so much in the tank, meaning just as an athlete, I, I felt I haven't even peaked yet, right? Okay. And I, I just had that burning desire in me, and I was like, I need to compete. Like, and this is the first time and in my life. Your main sport in college was basketball. Yeah. Okay. And um, I just needed to to compete. And it was my first time where I didn't have a sport to or a platform to do that. Mm. So I picked up mixed martial arts and I, I studied a variety of different martial arts. And <clears throat> so with mixed martial arts, you fuse all of them together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you start? Which, which um, martial art did you start with? So boxing was the first one. Okay. So working boxing. And I had right. done that in the off season to cross train, right? Okay. But never at, at that sort of level. Mm-hmm. My next one was Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, like the Gracie style? 
Yes, 100%. Yeah. A buddy of mine does the does Greasy. So that's about the only exposure that I have to MMA world. Listen, oh, okay. Listen to him talk about his training and, you know, Henner this and this guy that. And I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, actually, Anderson Silva, he's a super popular, he's a legend in Brazil. He okay. His gym is actually out in Torrance. Funny oh, enough, okay. that's where he's based. Yeah. Cool. But um, so what I did is, so I had boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then, I, I picked up a few like judo, hapkido, karate. Like I, I picked up a few different martial arts just to get a better grasp of everything. Right. And it was only after a loss in mixed martial arts that my uncle, he, you know, he he was always supportive of my athletic career. You know, him being a former athlete, and he said, you know, why don't you just focus on boxing, just just one sport, right? Okay. And from there, that's pretty much where we are now, as far as you know, with with boxing and and how life has taken off after college. And another thing I do is track cycling. So I track cycle actually in Carson at the Olympics at the Olympic Training Center. Oh wow. And, um, it's it's that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. So I've kind of learned from how I felt after college, where I didn't have anything to compete in, and with boxers or just any professional athletes, a lot of time this is where you hear these guys go crazy after their professional career is done. Yeah, because they, they need it. They need an outlet, right? Yes, and um, for me. Luckily, learning from that at a young age when I finished college, well, not so young, but when I finished college, I, I figured that out. I was like, okay, you know what? I need an out for when I'm done boxing. So for me, it's going to be cycling. And funny enough, the guy that won the California State Championships in the Masters Division, that's, I believe, over plus 40 or 45, yeah. was 72 years old. Holy so God. I'm looking forward to, you know what, at least I'll have that release or something to work towards. Yeah. Because for me, that that's a major key for me is having something to work towards. You know what I mean? No. So, I, I, you know, I have a bike and I've cycled. So I, nice. don't, I have a, a, a fitness style bike, which is okay. kind of like, you know what I'm talking about? No, tell me about it. Well, okay. So you've got your bike and it's like the probably the, the really light whatever that alloy is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's super expensive, really cool speed bike. Right. Yeah. Um, well mine is, it's, it's a giant FCR three. So it looks like uh, a, a sit up bike, right. With, uh, okay. everything that, uh, kind of looks like a mountain bike without all the mountainy stuff. You huh. know? Yeah. I like, yeah. It's kind of like what they call a commuter bike. It's a bike okay. that you might ride to work. Okay. I'm sure I've seen these tons of, yeah, it's it. Okay. They they retail for like five hundred bucks. That was you know okay. I, I when I got into cycling, I kind of wanted to dip a toe in. I didn't want to go you know uh, five thousand, six thousand. Yeah, you know, it's crazy how much some of these bikes I know, cost. I know, it's like more than a car. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, well, I caught myself like I got into riding a lot when I was. Uh, I had a lot of time on my hands after I quit a job and I was going to school full time. The school okay. full time wasn't a whole lot. So okay. I, I had like lots of hours in the day and my neighbor had a bike too. So uh-huh. we were riding all the time, like, nice. you know, down the strand and uh, we would start at Redondo and then shoo, go to like um, Venice, you know. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and back. And wow. one, yeah, one day I rode my bike all the way from where I am in Torrance, which isn't really Torrance. It's more like Carson, right by the 110. Oh, so you're super close to the, the stadium. Right. Yeah. I'm like yeah. in West Carson. Right. Okay. Um, so 
I rode my bike all the way to Redondo, took a little break, and then just kept going. And I got all the way to Santa Monica Pier. Wow. And I was like, damn, that was 25 miles, and I got to go back. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's always the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, and then I had to go to school that night, too, which is a really oh. bad plan. <laughs> so I know that feeling. So two things of when I get that feeling. One is I recently did the Hollywood half marathon, right? Right. Oh, wow. And so that's a that's a looping marathon where, you know, you pretty much you do a loop, right? And um, I remember getting to the halfway point. And for me, I didn't train for it. I, I like to do this as like a mental test where I know my body, uh, I'm going to have to push through it. And it's just a mental thing where I don't have that that assurance of, yeah, you know what? I've been there before, right? right. So I okay. like to just uh, go through those. Stretch yourself. Those, yeah. And uh, I remember getting to the halfway point and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I got to go another half, like literally. And the thing is, if you quit, you still got to go back to that right. same distance. Yes, right? yes. So I'm like, I might as well keep running. Right. And then another time where that happens on a daily occurrence is when I'm doing uh, hot yoga. So I kind of do that just to, I, I am there. Oh, I love yoga. I've never done hot yoga, but I love yoga. Okay. I'm the w- least flexible person you'll probably ever talk to. So I, I okay. H- you know, it's not so much about flexibility. Tell you. Okay. So hot <laughs> yoga for me is, is so bad. Right. And, um, right. I remember Ooh. when we do our right side of our body and I'm like, I'm exhausted and it's just so, it's so discomforting for me. And then when I'm doing it, I'm like, Oh my God, that means we're going to have to do this on the left side too. <laughs> Oh, you want to talk Everybody about that's time? ever done yoga is thinking that that same thing. The longer the sequence on one side, yeah, the the, the more that is building up. Like, oh my god! Yeah. And then when you get to the other side, it's so much easier, right? Did have you ever found uh, that? No, no. <laughs> it's just like when I it's get even in there, worse. it just gets harder and harder and wow. harder. And especially when you end with Shavasana, that, that's like just the icing on the cake because I'm exhausted and now you're going to tell me to sit here, a guy that has ADD, and <laughs> not do anything and yeah. it's hot, right? Yeah. So I, I love the heat, but <laughs> oh man, that kicks my butt. Have you ever heard of a guy named uh, Josh, Josh Waitkins, Waitskins? No. So, have, you know, there's, this, uh, there's a, a martial arts form and I can't remember the name of it, but... It's the fighting form of Tai Chi. Interesting. Right. There's a fighting form, and it's really big uh, somewhere overseas, like Thailand or the Philippines or something. But anyway, he was like, he should have been like the best in the world, but because of the country and him being a foreigner, they basically cheated him on the championship. But you should listen to his podcast with Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Because he here he is a world class at a world class athlete like yourself. Yeah. And he was a master in chess beforehand. Really? Yeah. So he was a, a child chess master. And he kind of like got to the point where he was like meh chess. And then <laughs> you know wow. right. And then he moved on to this this Tai Chi thing, right? And he goes into depth in his book. So yeah. You could, you would you would really enjoy his book because yeah, we check that out. He talks a lot about learning how to turn it on, yeah, and learning how to turn it off. 
See, so you're having a hard time turning it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Right? And sorry, uh, in going to the, the DA's origin story, in grade six, uh, you know, okay. a lot of people would have believed this. I was a member of the chess club. Oh, really? And you're probably saying, well, no wonder you got picked on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know why. I think I had a... Um, Oh, yeah, this is why. So I had a friend, and he used to help me with my homework. Well, let me not lie here. He used to do my homework for me. Good for you. And he would go to chess club. you beat him up. No, no, I wouldn't beat him up. No, no, no. I wouldn't beat him up. I used to get beat up. I understand. Yeah, yeah. And um, he would go to chess club, and then he would just be like, we would have lunch together, and sometimes he would do my homework during lunch period. And uh, I remember he got me going to the chess club, and I think I did three tournaments, three or four tournaments. Yeah, the, the chess—that was my only chess experience ever. I don't—I think I played one time in the past maybe ten years, and that was on an airplane where um, the entertainment part wasn't working, so you could play the game. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. Uh, a lot of top-flight fighters—they uh, definitely play chess. Interesting. Are you good at it? Do you like it? I would not at all be able to compare to those guys. No, and like right, I was right. saying, do you enjoy it though? Uh, you haven't played in 10 years, so probably not. at least. And the thing is, I'm so competitive now right, and I'm so right. fast paced. I, yeah. I don't know. I have no clue. Maybe, you know, my next trip to New York, I might, I might do step out of the comfort zone. I think, what is it in uh central park where they have all those, uh, for speed chess. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's just You'd like I, that. You'd like that because it's super competitive. Yeah, and fast. I'm sure, I get my ass kicked, <laughs> right, but you right. know, it, I'll just it'd be I'll a challenge. Do, yeah, yeah, I like to do stuff like that for a brain challenge. Let's talk a little bit about how you did uh, Second City and Groundlings because I'm a big fan of the Nerdist, and okay. you know uh, what's his name, Chris Hartwick, and I, uh, I think he's him and a lot of his buddies were in Groundlings. So, uh-huh. did you actually attend Groundlings? Of course, yeah. I graduated multiple levels. Wow. And, um, and so how I got into that is, so in college, back to college, yeah. is in my freshman year, I was supposed to select a course. Long story short, I ended up having to take a theater course. I'm in there. I'm like, look at these theater nerds. They're looking at me. They're like, look at this stupid jock. And, <laughs> and we're all labeled now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. And um from there is kind of where I got the acting bug. Okay. So after taking that course, I got the acting bug. And I remember it was my teacher had suggested, or sorry, professor had suggested, hey, you know, have you ever thought about taking improv? Because you do improv as one thing, like one form, but it doesn't nearly compare to like what Second City or UCB or Groundlings does, right? Right. It's more in depth. Um, so I said, yeah, sure. You know what? I think I I will try it. So I just threw myself into the fire. So I started off at second city and I loved it because especially for the first two levels, not, not the first two, like the first level, you're really just playing drinking games because (laughs) it's just, you have to be so quick on your feet, right? You have to be so quick. So I love that because that was giving me ammunition, to be real with you. That was giving me ammunition. So going into my next year at school, I have all these games in which I've been mastering, right? <laughs> and now right. you can play this in, in Now you're really good at beer pong. Exactly. Well, not beer pong, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. At King's Cup, for example. I don't know. And, 
so that's pretty much how I started the second city and just me being me, I, you know, continued to progress. So I went through level A through E and then I got accepted into the conservatory level. And from there, it was just an expansion where I was like, you know what, after second city, okay, what else is out there? And then I saw the groundlings and I know Will Ferrell is one of the most famous graduates of there. Right. So I there I auditioned for the class I got in I graduated I took the next level I graduated and my favorite one out of all the improv that I've taken actually has been UCB okay uh, that's not as popular as or it's well, not I've as heard of popular. UCB too so yeah what does UCB uh, stand for does Upright stand- Citizens Brigade oh man that used to be a TV show right? oh I didn't know that wow I think so Oh my God. Yeah. UCB, and they make me read a up, whole book. Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> yeah. That was a Comedy Central show, like back when Comedy Central was a thing. I oh my gosh. <laughs> I think so. Wow, that's yeah. so bad. I should know that. Maybe. I don't, you know, <laughs> I, I just remember hearing that in, you know, in the, the nether reaches of my mind, the Upright Citizens Brigade. It, it, it kind of, you know, is makes me think of the folks that were in like the state and the kids in the hall, all that that group of yeah in that time frame yeah oh so that's what all these pictures are from when you go into the theater (laughs) (laughs) makes sense makes sense fair enough (laughs) well no you know i've been listening to um nerdist forever um and they talk about ucb all the time and i was like what the hell is ucb Hey, you should check out a show. There, there's um, because you're not too far. There's they just opened up a new theater on Sunset. This was like last year. Yeah. So I there's tons of shows in, in Hollywood here too. And uh, if you're ever in New York, they got in New York. Oh, okay. And they do yeah. classes too, right? Yeah, classes. Um, and it's easy if you know cheap date. It's like five bucks a show, right? Or right. just whatever if you're just hanging out with some friends. Yeah. So is that all kind of like training to do sketch mostly? Yeah. So the first couple levels with either with any of those those, schools, the first couple levels is actually acquiring the skills of improv, like being able to think on the fly, you know, Mm. yes. 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 And everybody. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, just being able to build a scene. Right. It's when you get to the higher levels where it's called like a troupe, your improv troupe, where you kind of learn to more sculpt it to be a sketch comedy and everyone has their different identities on how they do that. Right. But, um, I would say the most defiant out of those ones, just in my experience would be second city And, and yeah, second city next would be groundlings. UCB, I would say is just across the board. It's just great across the board. Mm, Wow. Okay. So did you, did you ever use that in any sort of work capacity? Oh, 100%. I, yeah. Like anybody that's getting into acting, with, I also act as well. Right, and right. Anybody that's getting into acting, I, I always recommend it because, or just even in social settings, just anything, because you learn to think on the fly. That's just like a muscle, right? Or mm. you learn yeah, yeah, to yeah. formulate a thought, whatever it is, right? Or just being able to adapt. So mm. I, I definitely have used that when, I, when I've been thrown in an audition room or yeah. a lot of times, you know, when, you, when you're recording on set or when they're filming on set, sorry. Um, 
you can't cut like they hate that so it's the director that has to say cut so right. even even if your partner or the other actors in the scene you just have to keep bombing, going you right. have to keep going so yeah it's just being able to adapt so sometimes some of the best scenes were just oh man i totally forgot my lines but we just improv that you know yeah and it oh yeah just turns out great that actually you know um you, you made me think of another story from my life so oh. i screwed up on stage when i was in junior a junior right it was like the opening scene and we're doing the opening singing number in a musical Ooh, musicals right i know scary right (laughs) so here i am and i'm singing this song and the very end i don't know what i did but i screwed up right nobody in the house knew we screwed up really nobody i did and maybe okay. one or two other people on the stage, right? Okay. And before the audience had a moment to clap, I go, clap, 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 we screwed up. No. I know. It's like the worst sin ever, right? Oh. I know. Because nobody knew, right? But it I was like opening. What was the backlash when that happened? Oh, I got, I was like, I was nearly slaughtered, right? But it was, <laughs> it was, it was opening night and uh, it was the very first scene and uh, we had three shows to do, right? I had to get yeah. through that night and two more shows. So they uh, couldn't eviscerate me. They couldn't fire me. They had nowhere to go. Um, but basically what they said was, you just have to play it off. You know, it doesn't uh, matter. You know, and then they explained it to me. It was like, nobody knew you screwed up. Yeah. They're not paying that much attention. You know, they don't yeah. know what the next word is going to be. You just, that's part of acting is you just, when you flub, you just keep going and with a smile on your face, like nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Even though yeah. you're pissing your pants on the inside. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the toughest ones too that I found sometimes is just in being in the moment or achieving that as far as on camera. Yeah. And the thing is, because I'm so meticulous in my approach with everything. So, I want to make sure I get every word or I want to make sure I, I got that line or it was perfect, right? Right. And one of the humps that I had to get over is even sometimes, of course, you could ad lib it, but even let's say you mispronounce a word or you fumble it a little bit. Right. I would then stop. You're right? rolling so, your eyes. Yeah. You're like poofing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. a big thing that, that I was been lucky I have overcame is I just, just keep going or I just repeat what I said and just keep going. Right, 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 right. You just keep going. You know, and I think that serves you out in the world, too. Because there's a... (laughs) It does, because a lot of times, you know, we're all putting on this show in in the world, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, things don't go your way, right? And if you make a big deal of it, everybody's going to know. Yeah. But if you just keep going and you flow with it, right? Yeah. That's that's what you're learning. You know, I, I think you said it exactly right there is flow is just being able to, to just, adapt and yeah, just flow, just, whoops, you, know? you know, just, whoops yeah. And, okay. I meant to do that. You know, I think like a cat. <laughs> yeah. Cats. Oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> You'll never catch a cat going, you know, rolling his eyes going, Oh, I'm so stupid. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's they just true. shake it off and, and walk cool. Yeah. No, a calm, cool, collected. My thing is, uh, I would sometimes dwell on the, the right. negative thing yeah and that's you know and i've learned just even being a perfectionist or whatever i think we all are guilty of that at one point or the other but it's just not getting too high not getting too low 
and right. just, just just flowing with it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, I uh, I have to talk to you about. So, how much time have you spent in front of like live audiences? No. So, do you consider like your sporting events? Does that give you like a performance rush? Yes, a hundred percent. It, it does, just adds a it? different element, right? Right. Because. I would say if it's performing for acting, obviously I've performed in front of uh, yeah. audiences before. Right, right. right. Uh, you, it's scripted. So, or even if it's improv, it's it's not that element of somebody's going to hurt you, or <laughs> right. you can get embarrassed. Right. Right. Um, then when you have it for sport, it's a little different. Like in football or basketball or whatever. You kind of have your teammates and you you get a little bit of a warm-up period even in the game, you know? Right. right As opposed right. to fighting, if that's in front of a crowd as well too, number one, you don't want to get embarrassed. Right. Number two, it's you're innately wired for freeze, fight, or flight, right? right? So you're tapping into that adrenaline component. Yeah. So regardless whether it's in front of people, it's really you're more concerned about the other person, to be honest with you. Right. If or at least, you know what? Let me take that back. Anybody at a sub par to anywhere to a high level would be concerned more about their opponent, right? Yeah. I, I've seen some guys, they're, they're, I don't know what the heck. Like, hey, man, if you're not looking at this, that guy's going to punch you in the face. Right, you know? right, right. So Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's really interesting have... because you know part of your brain knows you're in front of people. Yeah, but that can't be what you're thinking about. A <laughs> hundred because yeah, yeah, you, you'll well, you'll get knocked into it you'll, real right. quick. <laughs> as soon as you notice that girl over there checking you out, you're gonna have your teeth knocked. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely a very quick reminder. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because um, way back when, when I was uh, when I so I did a couple of plays in high school. And a play in college, so I ha- I went through that acting bug phase too. Nice, and and I know that whatever sort of screwed up wiring that we all get when I was kids, part of my screwed up wiring was this sort of like public fearlessness. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's a it's definitely a blessing slash curse. Wow. <laughs> Just like well, well, let's talk about the curse. So the curse is. The downside would be, first off, the performance thing feels like a drug. Oh, yeah. The performance 100%. high. Yeah. So I went through this whole learning thing about whenever I was at a party, I wanted to be, you know, hey, you know, that guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, that, and then that can lead you to, you know, put on some performances that no one is paying you for, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. here's Jeff as loud drunk guy again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the curse part, right? Okay. Um, just feeling that and that's there because of, you know, I didn't put it there on purpose. It was, you know, so many factors and childhood and birth order and who cares, right? Uh. Just screwed up childhood wiring, but it's still there. I've just learned okay. to dial it down, you know? Okay. For, you know, it's it's okay to let that out in, yeah. in the appropriate setting. Yeah. You can't yeah. leave it on 10 all the time or oh you're gosh. an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I'm in L.A. You, you, meet, you walk down the street, you can find a lot of them. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But I, yeah, I remember when I was, uh, I was in my first base in Japan, I think I was like 18, 19 years old oh, wow. and they had this base talent show 
and I did okay. two categories. I did stand-up comedy and uh, MC, Master of Ceremonies, you know, just oh the guy gosh. that introduced the act, right? Yeah. And I got such a rush. Yeah, I can imagine the stand-up part. Oh, well, you know, the stand-up part um, was harder for me. I think I, I did better at MC. Okay. Um, just because the stand-up was, you know, written. And that, yeah, and it was like my writing skills still to this day. I can't write a joke, but I can be funny in the moment. Okay, okay. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like your it's, delivery. It's more like just an attitude. It's not like anything okay. written. Where okay, when I was doing like um, MC, I was basically doing an impersonation of me as Dave Letterman. Oh, <laughs> from the wow. Tonight Show, right? Okay. <laughs> I was just basically channeling Dave Letter- Dave Letterman the whole time. I wasn't. It wasn't an impersonation. It was, uh, you know, that's who I was emulating in my mind. You know, okay, not impersonating. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I like to go see a lot of stand up. I have a few friends that are comics, and yeah, I could totally see that adrenaline rush. I could totally see that feel of just that rush when, um, especially you're making the crowd laugh, oh, it's, all yeah. laughing at you. That's got to be a, an amazing experience. Yeah, but luckily, I've never been on stage where. If you live, because I'm not a comic, right? But if you deliver a joke and you hear crickets, <laughs> and then it's another joke and it's crickets again, you know, right? So that's um, that that's something that I haven't experienced, but I have I, I, tremendous respect for stand up comics. It, you, you just keep going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only yeah. did it like two times, you know, okay. and very small audiences, and I was young, but okay. um. What I learned from the first one was um, leave on a laugh, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a comedy rule, especially yeah. if you had pre-bombed the night before. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of the the good thing from my experience was I would they already knew me and liked me doing the MC stuff. Okay, oh, so, so they that- were already warmed up to me. Yeah, and then I was just doing stuff again with the same audience, right? Yeah, so. That took a lot of the sting off of it. Okay. Even though my 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 stand-up just wasn't really it wasn't written that you know, I was 19 years old. I didn't know how to write jokes. Yeah. I still don't, but I'm uh-huh. I'm also afraid to try. <laughs> I'm like, ew, I don't want to do just like what you're saying. I mean, the I guess I do have a fear of bombing. Oh, okay. You know, and I know it's it's like required. You have to bomb. I mean yeah, it's part of the gig. Yeah, <laughs> it's like getting, it's funny, even even with cycling. I've only fell once, but they say you have to fall. Like you will fall. Yeah. Right. And it's, if oh, you're you thinking, fall. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. I don't want to fall. You're going to fall. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, um, that, that that's road rash hurts, dude. What's all oh, I could imagine. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Yeah. I fell off my bike once and got like ginormous road rash all over my leg. <laughs> yeah. And I thought I, I, the pain was exquisite. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. It was like the next day, you know, you get that endorphin rush and you don't feel anything for the yeah. ride home. I get home, I start drinking lots of beer. And, oh, uh, wow. And, okay, and, well, that'll help. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not, but, you know, it makes the pain go away. Yeah. But I woke up the next day and tried to go to work and I'm making breakfast and I lightly brushed the road rash against like oh. something in the kitchen. Yeah. And I, I literally thought I was going to fall down. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I, I can't be saying this to you because you get punched all the time. It's uh, your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to a dude that doesn't, you know, get punched for a living, that yeah. really hurt. Yeah. 
Oh, there's a. I have a few <laughs> friends that that also uh, ride motorbikes, right? And especially, obviously, in LA, that'll help save you with traffic and everything. Oh, right, right. And they say, yeah, that's the golden rule there too. Like you're gonna fall. You gotta and wear leather. For me, though. I would never riding a motorbike maybe maybe if i was in the caribbean on an island or you know where there's there's not, not in so la many... traffic no yeah because you could have some jerk that just opens their door and, and you know what i mean or, no, really. or just yeah a reckless driver and right. that could be your life yeah oh yeah so I, I i'm not prepared to do that falling wood you can't think about it too much when you're cycling them yeah no 100 percent. you can't you have to be totally you know i learned the first uh, six months to a year that I was riding uh, my bike in LA traffic, you know, mm. areas, yeah, um, with cars, okay. you know, the the drivers of cars know you're an idiot and you don't know what you're doing. Ah, interesting. And they'll just they they're very vocal about it, you know. Oh, get the f out of the way. Oh get my the gosh. f off the road. If I had a camera on me. <laughs> Uh, in traffic especially my biggest pet peeve i could talk about this for hours about pet peeves but when there's the cyclists and they're dry they're riding in the driving lane right, right. like i understand in the riding middle the side but the, you're in the middle yeah, like you're not, not a car yeah and, and on top cool. of that you're not riding the same speed as right. the car yeah, you know no. so, get the hell out oh, of the road yeah i'm so frustrated and i'm cussing all kind of stuff and then i remember one time uh, my window was down, right? And you're just not thinking that this person is hearing you just because yeah. you're cussing. You're in your bubble. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the guy turned back. He's like, I can hear you. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's the best. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The window is down. Nice. Good for you. And I was just like, good for you. Like, way to call me out on that. So let's talk a little bit about this sleep thing that we talked about when uh, in in our show before we started the show. Oh yeah. So you yeah. were listening to another one of my podcasts with uh, right. Doctor. I can't remember his name now again. Doctor oh, Riker, right? Yeah. Riker. Yeah. Uh, and and we. You know the pronunciation. You do a great impersonation, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was doing Freud. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Tell me Sebastian Maza, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. Anyway, uh -huh. uh, so he had said something about um, wearing a sleep mask, and then you went out and bought one. Yes. So let's talk about your experience with your sleep mask. Yeah. So pretty much, I just like got it a little while ago, and you know, in, in the podcast, they were talking about the importance of getting a dark sleep. I mean, right. not a dark yeah, sleep, yeah, yeah. you know, being in a dark room where you get a deeper sleep. And I think you no guys light. were talking about right. yeah. um, the length of time sleeping and what's quality sleep, what's not quality sleep. If you sleep for a certain amount of hours with quality sleep, then that's better than a prolonged period with not as high quality. Right. 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 So. Um, I, I so I went on Amazon and I saw there's this black uh, sleep mask. It's made of silk, so I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. It's easy to wash." So I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I've, I've been trying it out as I as I when I sleep, and the only problem I've been encountering is I drink a lot of water, right? So I drink <laughs> two to three gallons a day, right? And especially if it's a late training session in the evening and I have all this water in my system still, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have to use a bathroom. Sure. And it's the worst feeling when you feel like you opened your eyes 
And your your body's moving. Mind you, my leg is stepped out of the bed because, mind you, I woke up because I need to use the bathroom. So you're you, on your you're way. Kind of, you wake up. You're on, on your a way. brisk pace, right? <laughs> and you're thinking your eyes are open, yeah. but and you're like, hold on, huh, huh? What is it, black? What? And you're groggy. You're disoriented too. And, oh shoot, the sleep mask. <laughs> and you're like flipping <laughs> this thing up. So and think. It, uh, let Let's hope you haven't run into anything yet. I knock on wood. Knock on wood. I'm, knock on wood right now. I haven't. But um, you can see it happening, though. Yeah, a hundred percent. And a few times, actually, I've fallen asleep. So I get back. So I use the bathroom. I get back in the bed, and because you're so sleepy, you're so tired, I go back to sleep, and I don't have the mask on, right? Oops. And right. then Can't I'll wake up off. again to use the bathroom again, and I was just I'm walking. I'm like, and now I'm tripped out because I'm wondering why I'm not seeing black and this and that. <laughs> So it's, it's all very it's, trippy for you. Yes, it's been it's been a process, but I think you know I'm on the right path now where where I got it down pat. So talk a little bit about this sound generator thingy that you got because I've been experimenting with different sleep sounds too, driving yeah. my wife crazy. She can, uh, she can attest to that. I, I I've been playing like the heater that I told you about, the space yeah. heater from the seventies. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then the uh, rain sound. Um, uh, binaural, binaural beats, you know, all the white noise sounds, yeah, all like yeah. rain, you know, anything that sounds just soothing. Yeah. So what I did, well, since I was a kid, I would um, have a fan going on at night. So right. and it, just as a child growing up, I always had some sort of white noise, right? And another reason for that, to, to be honest, the reason why with the fan and all of this is because, you know, as a kid, you're told, Daniel, be in your room. You're supposed to be in bed at this time. But if that fan is producing some sort of noise, that kind of gave me a little bit of a leeway to get up to some sort of mischief, right? <laughs> oh, Where I wouldn't you. get caught necessarily, right? Because you had the, you had like obfuscation noise yes you yeah were masking noise exactly so, so your shenanigans went unheard good for uh-huh. you. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing um so what happened as a, as a child I, I got used to falling asleep with this sort of noise right right and um i remember it was one of the doctors with the national training with sorry with the national let me repeat that so I remember one of the doctors with the national team, he was talking about achieving a deeper REM cycle when, you, when you're sleeping, right? Right. And um, so I picked up this thing. I'm not at all sponsored by them. Uh, it's Brookstone. So they have – it's pretty much a sound generator. It's like a alarm clock and you have 16 different sounds. So you have four different categories. There's relax, sleep, renew, and therapy, right? Oh, Interesting. So this thing, I take it wherever I go, right? And uh, even even in college, I would have off of off of YouTube, I'd be playing stuff, or I download all these sounds. And I remember teammates in in the hotel room, they would just be cussing just because <laughs> they're like, "Dude, I don't want to hear a monkey in the middle of the night." Just there, there's a ring of jungle flag. sounds, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or or there would be like the birds chirping, and I remember in the dorm these walls were so thin, right? Mm. And I remember I would I would have like a wind down sort of routine before I would go to bed. Yeah, that's good. Right, and um, I remember when I get out of the shower, I would put it on as I'm applying lotion on my skin, whatever. And um, they're like, I would, I would hear these guys muttering, mind you, we're all athletes, so we heckle one another, we banter. And they'd be like, oh, great, D. Hayes is falling asleep again, the birds are out, or <laughs> something like that. 
was it was uh, definitely they they don't miss that. They definitely don't miss that. Yeah, my wife will like uh, see. So the other thing that I learned, and I think it might have been after that podcast that you that you heard about, was that this this whole thing about waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah, we've been doing that for a long time. That's it's a completely natural thing. Okay, that's not weird at all. I mean, and it's not. I, I, I'm not thoroughly convinced that we're waking up because we have to pee. I think we wake oh. up and then we, we, now that we're awake, we know we need to pee. <laughs> okay. Like, let me, let, let me yeah, okay. interject, please. I, as a child, good sir. And this is as a child. Okay. My I went in my bed too. So that's okay. They used to, I was so bad. I was that bad They used to give me plastic underwear to go to sleep with. Wow. Right. So like mm. I remember in the middle of the night and so so that's why just as a kid I became wired like the second if I'm feeling that or just even a, or maybe I'm psychologically I've handicapped myself psychologically whereas just like the second I feel that, even if it's in my sleep, I go to the bathroom or I wake up. Right. Because I had so many experiences as a kid where in the middle of the night my poor mother and and I pee the bed and, and she's wake up and she's cleaning the bed, cussing about it, not being able to sleep. I'm getting the whole lecture of how um, how you know I thought we were through this when we took off your diapers. Wow. <laughs> See now my, my my parents were so much more cool with me. I, I feel uh-huh. I feel blessed now. Oh, okay. Because when I was going through my thing, uh, you know, wetting the bed too old. Oh yeah. They they were like, you know, the thing was though when I was a really little kid, yeah. I had the double whammy. I would <laughs> sleepwalk and then pee places that I wasn't supposed to pee. Oh my goodness. Isn't that wacky? I remember I actually remember getting up thinking I'm going to the bathroom and okay. peeing, right? And I'm to the to, to, to the inside of my head, I'm peeing in the bathroom. Oh, my God. I'm peeing in the toilet. And then my mom comes in and screams bloody murder. And I realize I know why now because I'm peeing in my sock drawer. Oh. (laughs) Oh, man. And and she's like, you know, and back then there weren't any psychologists, (laughs) right? So they they just freak out and put you back to bed, you know. Uh Same thing, you know. I got to clean up this mess. So then when it went on too long, I think they were happy I wasn't sleepwalking and I was just peeing the bed. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know, to, to even touch on that, one thing I used to do, and I found this out the I, hard way, was I didn't know I used to talk, and I, I'm sure I still do. Talk I in used your to sleep. talk in my sleep, right? But you see, as a kid, you're not allowed to use swear words, or I would at school, and this is like bullying, not bullying, you name it, right? Sure. And um, I used to cuss a lot as a kid. And my parents didn't know this just because I wasn't allowed to use those words. Right. But I would start yelling. Like, and I, I didn't know it just because this is what they told me because I'm sleeping. Right. right? Yeah. And I'd be yelling, cussing, like just profanity. And I remember one time my mom said that she woke up because she thought somebody was breaking in the house. Because wow. she just hears me cussing. Yeah. Right. And very she, violently, she comes in the room, and obviously I was sleeping. I didn't know what was going on, and they're like, "Oh my god, he's just sleeping. Is this child possessed?" Like, right, what, right. What is wrong with him? 
and um, yeah, so I, I definitely can relate with you. But yeah, yeah. I, luckily, I never graduated as sleepwalking because that's a whole different beast. It is. That was it was kind of scary, right? For for yeah. for me and for my parents. But you know, just like everything else, you you get over it. Yeah, you get over. Yeah. You rub a little dirt on it; it'll go away. Yeah. Um, but you also made me think of. Uh, oh man, I listened to too many podcasts a while ago, and when uh, you were talking about waking up swearing, yeah, it, you made me think of this. Um, it was a guest on one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts. I don't remember the dude's name, but he was a really cool guy. He was like a mathematician, and he talked about like um, consensus reality. Really cool podcast. But one of his creativity rituals, okay, was he would swear this long, like really violent, you know, kind of like the the George Carlin dirty words um, cheer. Okay. <laughs> And wow. that, that would that was what he used. He would just like spew out these horrific expletives for about thirty seconds to totally disassociate his his brain and get him into his creative state. And I was like, uh, uh, "That's what I said." I was like, "I want to try that." <laughs> that is quite. The, so let me ask you then. Okay. Did you try that? I before? did. <laughs> I did not before today's show, but I oh, have okay. tried it. Yeah. Oh, and okay. all I did was um, I just did the there's this famous George Carlin cheer okay. where, where he do, does all these really bad words all in a row in, in the form of a cheer. So okay. I'm not going to do it because it's really nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got it. I've already got it. Uh, um, an explicit tag all over my uh, my my podcast, but I'll do it off the air oh. for you. How's that sound? OK, nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right, That's so funny. let's wrap this up so we can we can call it a day. We got to get you onto your uh, onto your uh, healing for the weekend, right? Yes, yes. I I have the ice on standby. There matter. you go. You got to get into that uh, that ice bath. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? One thing I've been doing. Have you ever done cryotherapy? I've heard of it. I've not tried it yet. Yeah. Oh, so really I've been cool, doing right? that. It's pretty much an ice bath, like a microwave version of it. So yeah. I go in for three minutes, and, and it's over. Honestly, it's great. Yeah. And it's like, it's feels super cold, but it's over in three minutes. Yeah. And to be honest with you, to, to go back to that whole mental thing that we were talking about, right. if you go in there and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to feel cold. I'm going to feel cold. I'm, you'll feel right. cold. Sure. If you just go in there and just be like, get through it, get through it, get through it. No, I'm good. Get through it, get through it. Oh, you'll be so surprised. True. That's so true. I, yeah. I, the last time um, I went to Japan, um, I realized every other trip I was whining to myself a lot, you know, that, <laughs> that inner whining about, oh I can't, I can't wait to get home. I can't oh, wait to get home. I that's have, been a death. Uh, right. And, and this time, this last trip, and it was last year, I was just like, every time I felt that voice coming, I told myself, eh, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. I, now I have a beer. Now I have a sandwich. <laughs> you know, I'm great. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually, and it helps a, um, a ton. Yeah. That's something I've been learning to adapt with, especially with yeah. boxing, because it's such an international sport, right? Where you right. have to travel and you're going to all these foreign places. And for me, it's, it's been learning to adapt with that. So one thing that would start playing that mental game with that negative inner monologue yeah. is I started t studying the law of attraction. Sure. Right? Oh, yeah. The law of vibration. Sure. And honestly, I'm not trying to sound cliche, but just being totally real, that's really worked for me. It's just not harvesting those negative thoughts or emotions. And right. just honestly, just, you know what? I got to get through it. 
this is the situation. I just got to get through it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it, you can de-woo-woo it because it's not really woo-woo. You're basically programming your subconscious with your, your, your self-talk. Instead yeah. of your self-talk being on default, which is usually you're an asshole and you're not worth it, just quit and have a beer. That's yeah. what, that, Everybody's <laughs> default is saying the same thing. You have to override that and say, you're better than that. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, for sure. One, one thing I've learned is uh, the smarter I get, the more creative those negative thoughts become. So true. That's so, so, you deserve a beer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you deserve another tequila shot. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, really? So you're saying you can't do that? Right. You know, that, that you have yourself questioning yourself within yourself. Did you, you know? just say can't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you really knew what goes through my mind. I, I should have some sort of reality show because it would be hilarious. But that's D- definitely D. Hayes. something. D. Hayes versus D. Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What really <laughs> there you go. All right, brother. Well, let's cut this off and, and put a pin in it. And then we'll say you're going to be on the show sometime again, because this was a blast. Nice. Yeah. All right. So you enjoy that, uh, that hydrotherapy or whatever icing you have planned. And uh, I'll talk again to you soon. And thanks again thanks for being so on the show. It's been a pleasure, man. All right, brother. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.